Happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. We're bringing you ReTV episode six, brought to you by Rethought Insurance right now. Now, I know he's an adorable little marmot, but keep in mind, he's actually only accurate about 39% of the time. So today we're going to open the floodgates of information. We want to fill you in on three things, tsunamis, nor'easters, and where we're keeping our eye at for future flood risk. Don't forget, you can reach out to us at any time. Send us an email at flood at rethoughtinsurance.com. You can also click the link down below, show more, and you can sign up to have future episodes of ReTV sent directly to your inbox. Now let's begin with a volcano called Hunga Tunga Hunga Haipei. And in 2014, an eruption of this volcano joined two separate islands and formed one large island. On January 15th, 2022, a volcanic eruption separated these islands once again and threw ash 34 miles into the atmosphere. And it created a sonic boom that circled the globe twice. Now you can see a picture here of what the island looked like before this eruption. And you can see in this image what remains of it today. Now, from a geological perspective, this is pretty cool, but it had me asking a lot of questions about the risk of tsunamis. So we did a bit of research and we wanna share that with you today. Areas immediately close to this eruption saw waves come onshore, tsunami heights at 49 feet or 15 meters. Now this quickly dissipated the further away you got from the island and you were able to see that places like Australia and neighboring islands had waves at three to four feet high. A little further north in the Pacific, Japan saw waves hit land two to three feet high. Now across the Pacific, Chile had waves that came on land at five to six feet high. San Luis Obispo in California saw waves three to four feet high in places in British Columbia and Alaska saw waves at one to two feet high. The maximum height above sea level a tsunami reaches on shore is called the run-up. Now most run-ups are less than 10 feet high, but in extreme cases when near the source, that can exceed 100 feet in elevation. Now, before you go digging into the database, here's a great graphic that shows some of the terminology, and I highly suggest you brush up on some of these differences so you know the difference between the tsunami wave height and the run-up elevation. So when you're looking at the data, you completely understand what you're looking at. Now, there's no need to panic here. Tsunamis are low frequency, but high impact events. But just how high impact are they? If you total up all the damage that tsunamis have caused, starting from the early 19th century to today, it's a total of about $2 billion. For the west coast of the United States, that total is actually more like $249 million. Now remember, in all of 2021, we had $20 billion weather and climate events that impacted the United States. So tsunamis are a small percentage of flood concerns. This one pager that we found gives a great breakdown of the risk in every region across the globe. So we can see that areas like Alaska and the U.S. coast are high to very high risk, where the Arctic coast is very low, Hawaii is also high, and seeing places like the U.S. Atlantic coast being much lower in tsunami risk. It also shows some notable events as well as summarizes the total events, the earliest ones, and the total damage that they've seen in this region. We're going to provide a link to all of these resources. If you click show more down below this video, you can expand upon the notes and you'll see links to everything that we've shown you here today. Now, there have been a few nor'easters that have made the news recently. They're significant not only for the amount of snow that they bring to an area, but they also pose a substantial flooding risk. These extreme areas of low pressure can create their own storm surge. And if you time that just right with, say, high tide, you can have coastal and inland flooding become a very real hazard. 
Now this weekend's nor'easter or bomb cyclone, which actually is a real meteorological term, it comes from bombogenesis, meaning that it changes 24 millibars. You get a 24 millibar pressure drop within 24 hours. The storm easily qualified with a drop of 35 millibars over 18 hours. So this extreme storm brought some substantial conditions to the Northeast. Now this storm brought flood warnings up and down the Atlantic coast. And another threat that flooding can bring is beach erosion. As you can see by this historic Cape Cod house that's just balancing on stilts, it's been around since 1850. And with every storm that happens, this house is getting more and more withered away, at least the base of it, by coastal flooding. And so as the nor'easters continue to happen here and we're seeing one storm after another after another, it's eroding away the ground under this home leaving it quite sparse. We're watching this closely like many people are on social media and hoping this story has a good outcome. If you go to water.weather.gov, it takes you to the River Forecast Center's branch of the National Weather Service. And here they provide a map of lots of river gauges. Now these are checking the flood status of a lot of harbors and rivers throughout the United States. And they color code these to show you what level of flooding they're in, if any at all. So if I click on this red one here, which is indicative of modern flooding, what I can do is click on that specific sensor and it's gonna open up a graph for me. And this graph is showing you what the water is doing at the harbor. Now here, this is gonna be a gauge that's located in a harbor area, so it's gonna be heavily affected by the tides. And you can see the ebbs and flows here, the up and down on the high of low tide. But what they're doing is taking into account all the river forecast information and water forecast information and are able to show you historically what has happened and also a forecast of where those water levels are gonna be. Now that's especially important because this graph Graph also shows you what is minor, moderate, and major flood stages. And so you can see when those are forecast to happen down to almost the hour. Lastly, we're going to take another look at the Climate Prediction Center's website. Now, we did this a little bit earlier in ReTV episode number one, and that was way back in November. So we want to see how some things have evolved. These are the things that we're looking at to see where do we need to keep our eye out for future flooding risk. Now, websites like the WPC do a great job of letting you know the hazards within the next week. But once you go beyond that, the Climate Prediction Center is a fantastic resource. So here it shows you if temperatures are going to be above or below average for places in the United States, as well as precipitation chances being above and below average. What we're looking for are places that are repeatedly seen above average precipitation. These are areas that just bring about some red flags for us. So if we look here, we can see they're focusing on the upper Midwest, Alaska, Texas, and Florida for some areas that are expected to see above average precipitation amounts during the first week of February. If we move to the second week, we see those areas are actually staying pretty similar. So expecting more than usual precipitation in those areas for the first two weeks. If we move out three weeks, we can see these areas start to shift. It becomes an area that's focused on the Great Lakes and in the, closer to the Pacific Northwest. And if we keep evolving that, you can see how that changes for the entire month of February and where this evolves. Now, lastly, you can look at what's expected for three months. Now, this is valid for February, March, and April. So we can see how the Pacific Northwest continues to be a bullseye for precipitation, as we've seen for the past several months, and it continues to do so, as well as a focus on the Great Lakes for the next three months. Well, hopefully after this information, you feel a little bit more comfortable about the risk that tsunamis pose to us here in the United States and also understand the risk they pose in other places around the world. You can see how devastating nor'easters can be and how significant flooding can be within a nor'easter. And you see where we're keeping our eye out for some future flood risk. Go ahead and send us an email if you have any questions, anything you want to see in a future episode. You can contact us at flood at rethoughtinsurance.com. We'd love to hear from you. So in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll talk to you 
again in two weeks.